0: Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time again that we can come and study your word. Thank you for the blessings of health. Thank you for watching over us this past week. And Lord, as we now come to open your word, please open our hearts and our minds. Illumine our hearts with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Please help us to understand your word is our earnest plea and prayer. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Our study this evening again is about Peter, but of course, this time a different situation. Peter is already a different man at this time, and the title there is Jesus' encounter with Peter at the Sea of Tiberias. At this time, Jesus is already resurrected, and we studied last week that he appeared to some disciples on the road to Emmaus. But this is that, that was the the second time that He has appeared to them. The first time was at the tomb in the resurrection morning, and then also a third time at a private room where they were gathered on Sunday evening. And Jesus is about to appear to His disciples again. Let's pick it up in John 21, and we're reading verses 21 and, uh, pardon me, verse 1 and 2. John 21, verses 1 and 2. After these things Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. And so Jesus is is about to appear to these disciples again, and it says here that there were seven of them present at this time at the sea. But what were they doing? Let's continue reading, shall we? In John 21 and verse 3, Simon Peter saith unto him, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship and immediately, immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Friends, what were they doing? They went back to the sea to go fishing. Maybe Some of them were thinking about the future, you know, Jesus is dead and now resurrected, and he's going to go up to heaven, and there's nothing left for us to do. What are we going to do? And it was like a sheep without shepherd, without a shepherd to take care of them. So they're thinking about what to do next, how to support themselves. But what happened while they were fishing? The Bible says that they caught nothing, absolutely nothing. And I'm not sure if this was uncommon for some of the fishermen to catch nothing all night, but it certainly would be depressing for them. And so what happens next? John 21 verses 4-6 to But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood there on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then saith Jesus unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And He said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now were not able to draw it for the multitude of the fishes. So Jesus comes walking along, and He asks them from a distance. He's on the shore. They're out there on the sea. And He asks, Do you have any fishes? Do you have anything to eat? And they said, No, we got nothing. We've caught nothing all night. And he said, Cast your net on the other side. And when they cast in, guess what? they caught a huge amount of fish. And this would be a reminder to the disciples of something that had happened previously. Let's continue reading, shall we? In Luke chapter five, verse four to six now. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answered, uh, answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. The same scenario. Peter and his Brother and James and John, they had that time caught nothing all night. And Jesus came along teaching and he pushed out against the shore. He got into his boat because the crowd was pressing up upon him. And so he got into Peter's boat and pushed out. And when when he was done speaking, he said to Peter, let your net down. And Peter was doubtful at that time, but you know, they had caught nothing all night. That's the reason why. And Jesus tells him to try again and this time they get such a great catch of fish that the net breaks. Now, this is what is happening to them again. This stranger though, they don't know it's Jesus this time. Well, not yet. The stranger comes along and tells them to cast their net into the sea again after they have caught nothing all night and now they catch a huge amount a whole lot of fish it's deja vu all over again they've been through this before and immediately peter he comes to his senses let's go back to the story john 21 7 to 8 therefore the disciple whom jesus loved saith unto peter it is the lord Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fish's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were 200 cubits dragging the net with fishes. Peter immediately knows that this stranger is Jesus because no one else could do such a thing, and he had up close personal experience the first time when Jesus told him to do this. And so without any hesitation, he jumps into the sea, jumps out of the boat, and swims to land where Jesus is to meet him. He was so excited that he couldn't wait to drag the fish in, helping all the other disciples. But you see, friends, as soon as they get to shore, what do they see? John chapter 21 and verse 9. And as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. So they see what? A fire of coals and fish laid there with bread. And so, you know, what does this first remind Peter of? The fire of coals, especially. Well, John 18. 17 to 18. Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I'm not. And the servants and officers stood there, who had made, what? A fire of coals, for it was cold. And they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. What is this situation talking about? The time as to when Peter denied Jesus. That night it was cold, or that early morning it was cold, and so they were gathered around a fire of coals. That was probably the last time Peter warmed himself around such a fire when Jesus was alive at that time. It was a stinging reminder to Peter of his cowardly betrayal, denying Jesus by cursing and swearing. Yet Jesus did that on purpose. He needed to talk to Peter about what had happened. And we'll come to that in a moment. But there was also something else with the fire of coals that was described back in John 21. Do you remember what it was? It, on top of the fire and coals already, even so, even though Jesus asked them from a distance, do you have any meat? He already had fish and bread. And friends, what does this fish, and bread remind the disciples of? Well, let's go to Matthew chapter 14 and verse 17. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. What was this chapter talking about? Well, this was when Jesus, he was giving this huge sermon to 5,000 people and they weren't, he wasn't about to send them away hungry. And so he told the, the disciples, You feed them. And they went around scrounging for food and they only found this lad who had this this fish and this bread available to them. Just two small fishes and five barley loaves. They were worried where the money was going to come from to feed all these people. Yet Jesus miraculously feeds every single one of them to the point that there is so much left over that there's how many baskets? Twelve baskets baskets full of extra food, one basket for every disciple. Do you see that? It, and, and Jesus, he's trying to remind the disciples, you don't need to go back to your old occupation. You don't need to go back to your, your old life. You don't need to go there because you you don't have to be afraid of going hungry and starving. Remember, I will provide for you. I will. You see, Peter, it was his idea and he was a fisherman. I don't think he was going back just for hobby, you know, or else he wouldn't have been so upset. I mean, if it was a hobby, why would he be doing it all night, right? So he was definitely going back to to figure out some way that he could support himself. He was thinking about the future and Jesus is trying to tell them, stop worrying. Stop worrying about the clothes on your back and the food in your stomach. Stop worrying about all your needs. I will take care of you. And so, yes, even though they've caught a catch out on the sea, when they get to land, Jesus, I mean, they they didn't give him any fish. Jesus already had the fish and the bread ready for them. He was telling them, stop worrying. Stop worrying. Don't forget everything that I've taught you while I was with you. There's still another work for you to do. You know, friends, in this time of pandemic, it's easy to forget that Jesus cares about us. It's easy to forget that Jesus will provide for us. Yes, there's a lot of people that's facing hardship at this time. And we need to uh, have a reminder that Jesus will take care of us, that he will provide for us. Only let us learn to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness then we can expect the other part of that promise to be fulfilled. All these things shall be added unto you. You see, friends, it's in this time of pandemic that we need to run back to God. We need to go back to Him. It's this time that we need to go to Him for help. And maybe some of us were in this predicament because we didn't spend our money wisely beforehand. We were spending it foolishly. We weren't focusing on Christ. And so we didn't save up for troubled waters and for troubled times. But now, friends, now I want to remind you this evening, it's not too late. Jesus is waiting for you to come back, even now, to surrender your life to Him again. And He will abundantly pardon. He will be gracious and merciful. He will provide. He will heal. We see this abundantly in the, in the Bible where every time the Israelites, they ran away from Christ, yes, trouble came to them. But every time they had turned their face back to Him, He was always ready, just like the Father waiting for His prodigal son. But let's continue with the story, shall we? John chapter 21, verses 10 to 11. Jesus saith unto them, Bring ye the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty-three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus asks them to go and bring some fresh fish that they just caught. And notice, this is where we get in this story that's different to when the last time they caught a great multitude of fish, this time the net did not break. Why, when Jesus did the first miracle with Peter after they'd caught nothing all night, that first net broke, but not this time. And you know, friends, what important lesson can we learn from this? You see, that time the disciples, they doubted. Peter doubted. I mean, he lacked faith the first time. Peter was questioning. He was was just putting the net into the water out of respect for Jesus as a teacher. He said, Master, we've caught nothing all night. Nevertheless, because you asked for it, I'll just put it in. You know, he didn't really believe. He was doing it just out of respect for Jesus. But this time, even though Jesus had not revealed himself to them yet, even though it was just a stranger walking along the sea, They were willing to put faith in this man, and they were rewarded with a big catch, and this time the net. It came intact because they have faith, had faith in His words. Friends, does faith matter? Does it really matter? It absolutely does. You see, God can only work a miracle according to the measure of our faith, of how much we believe. And many times before Jesus would heal people, the blind or the leper, he would ask them, do you believe? Do you believe? Even the nobleman that came in, he said, you won't believe. And he said, please help my unbelief. Many times, if it shouldn't be many times, if ever Jesus healed people, it was because of the faith that they had in him. And you know, sometimes blessings still come, even though we have little faith, or we have just a small amount to believe, but you know, from the first time, even though they enclosed such a great catch, that first time Jesus asked Peter to throw his net in, even though they had such a great catch that the boat began to sink, you know, because of the hole that was in the net, they would have lost many fish many fish would have escaped, even though this was probably the greatest catch of their lifetime, that first time, they would have lost many fish. They would have lost what? Many blessings. And how many of us let blessings escape from our hands because we lack faith in the beginning? You know, even though God wants to bless you now, how do you know He didn't want to bless you more in the past had you been faithful? if you had believed more, right? We will never know. But you see, the object lesson that we see from the lives of the disciples is this importance of the blessings that we receive in our lives. This time, the catch was so great, but they were able to number the fish. How many do you remember? 153 in total. They were able to count every single one of the blessings and this time they were able to keep it you know the last time when they got out to the shore and they got out of the boat jesus said leave that behind even your dad your brother the servants whoever just leave that behind come and follow me i will make you fishes of men but this time jesus lets them keep them the fish that they've caught and we don't know what they did with them but jesus is proving to them again i will take care of you. You do not need to worry. And so those who have great faith, they see with the eye of faith, that every blessing, it comes from God, and they're able to number them all, 153 in total. If you divide that by seven disciples that were present at the boat there, that's at least 20 fishes per person. That's 20 blessings. You know, friends, I'm only asking for one blessing for you to share. I'm only asking for one that you'd be willing to write down. But the disciples, they had 20 in their one encounter with Jesus. Do you see that? Well, let's continue though. John chapter 21 and now verses 12 to 14. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him. Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them, and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. And so they have their meal together. Sounds like they're having it in silence. No one is daring to ask, is that that really you, Jesus? Because he had proven himself already. This is the third time that Jesus is appearing to them. It must be important. It must be for a reason, not simply just to feed them. He isn't done with them yet. They must be wondering what was the, a reason for His appearance to them. So let's continue. John 21, verse 15. And so when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Now Jesus' attention is directed to Peter. This is done in front of the other disciples, and for a good reason. But Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these? Well, who could he be referring to? What could he be referring to? Could it be the disciples? Probably. Do you love me more than any of these disciples? Peter says, yes. Could he be referring to the fishes that they just caught? Absolutely, he could be. There was a temptation for them to go back. Wow, Jesus gave us so much fish. He's providing for us again. And he's asking him, do you love me more than your money, your riches, your wealth, your fortune that I've just given you here? Peter says, yes. And then, how does Jesus reply Well, actually, Peter doesn't say just yes. He says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says what? Feed my sheep. Well, let's keep reading. John 21 and verse 16. Christ isn't done. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. Jesus asks the same question, Peter, do you love me? And he replies again, Lord, yes, you know that I love you. And once again, Jesus says what? Feed my sheep. But Jesus still is not done yet. He's not satisfied. John 21 and verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Jesus has to ask again, Peter, do you really love me? And this time, Peter's feeling hurt. Why would Jesus have to ask me, Three times, especially three times as to whether I love him or not. Why? Well, of course, we know. Three times Peter denied Jesus. Three times he acted as if he had nothing to do with him. And so Jesus had to ask him back three times, Peter, do you love me? He wasn't trying to make Peter feel the pain of his denial and make him relive that night again, as if he didn't believe his confession that he really loved him, but Jesus was trying to restore Peter and prove his repentance in front of all the other disciples. His denial was not a private event, and it was, it was done out in the open in front of people. And so Jesus would restore his beloved disciple and give him back that reassurance that he accepted him back into ministry in front of the disciples as well. Jesus had to let the other disciples know that I am forgiving Peter, that I'm restoring him in back into apostleship, that I'm accepting him back into ministry. I'm not rejecting him. And that's why Jesus tells him in front of the other disciples, feed my sheep. Had Jesus not said anything after that, then Peter would not have had reason for doubting Christ's word. But every time he asked Peter, do you love me? After Peter's reply, he would tell him, feed my sheep. Peter, there's a work for you to do, and this would be a reminder to Peter also about the feeding of the 5,000. Let me show you. In Mark chapter 6 and verse 34, And Jesus, when He came out, saw much people, and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And He began to teach them many things. Jesus was reinstating Peter's position as if he had never sinned. He was giving him back his work again. He was trying to restore his confidence, not pride, but confidence that Jesus had accepted him again and had not cast him off and kicked him out of ministry. But you see friends, what is the essential ingredient that is needed in order for Peter to be able to feed the sheep of Jesus? When Jesus asked him the question, what was the question? Did he ask Peter, Peter, do you love my sheep? No, he didn't ask him that. He asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Not them. Do you love me? You see, friends, Jesus said, if you love me, then feed my sheep. It's not just simply love for the sheep that we have. The question wasn't Peter, do you love my sheep? Do you love me? Jesus is asking. The essential ingredient that we need, that we have to have, is our love for Jesus if we are to feed the flock of Christ. You see, It's possible to take care of the flock of God because that's our job. You know, as me as a pastor, that's my occupation. That's what I need to do, I have to preach. You know, one of the mandate is I need to preach twice a month. That's the directive that's given to us as pastors. It's what we are paid to do. It's possible to be in ministry and it not be a calling, but a job. You know, I'm a pastor, the way I support myself um, in order to keep my job, I, I better go and preach. I need to study to preach. I have no choice, in other words. you know, This is my job description. And Jesus describes such people even in the Word. John chapter 10 and verses 11 to 13. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, why? Because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. You see, friends, too many of us, we are hirelings. We are hired. We are paid. We do it for the wages. We do it for our reputation. We do it for whatever reason except love to Jesus. But Jesus paints it a different way. If you really want to be an effective shepherd, if you really want to have a passion for the lost and a passion for the people, if you really are to have a burden to feed the flock of God, then we must have love, not for the sheep, but for the shepherd, for Jesus. If we are, if we have love for Christ, we will have love for those that he loves. If we have love for Jesus, we will feed the flock of God. That is the key ingredient, friends. We can't fabricate that love for the unlovable. We can't just manufacture love. That love comes from Christ. And so that is why Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me above all these? If you don't have that love for me, you can't feed the flock that I love. And just to help you understand this type of love, you know, in the beginning, you know, Jesus asked Peter these three three, three times, right? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? But when you dig down into the Greek, you will see there the first two times he asked Peter, do you have this agape love for me? Do you have this unconditional love for me? And yes, he asked him twice, but you know, Jesus wasn't satisfied. The third time when he looks at that, it asks that word love. When you look at that word love, it is no longer the agape love that Jesus is asking. He's just asking, do you have that friendship love for me? Almost as if to, to, to lower his, his standard, as if he knows, you can't have that agape love for me. I can only put it in you and then you, can, you can give it back to me later. But start at least with a friendship love a friendship love phileo just love me like a friend peter and it will be good enough you got to start there jesus this evening he's not asking you to love him with an endless unconditional love maybe you don't know him well enough to to be able to do that it would be unreasonable for christ to expect that and so he asks, do you just simply love me as a friend Are you willing to just be my friend, not my lover, but my friend? And if you are, you will feed the flock of God. If we can have that sort of love to Jesus, the time that we spend with just friends, let's not even get to spouse level and and the depth to which we love our children, but just a friend. Jesus just wants to be your friend this evening, friends. He just wants you to treat Him like a friend. To love Him like a friend. And so I ask each of us this evening, today, do we really love everyone around us? Do we have passion for the lost? Do we desire to work the works of God and to feed the flock of God? If not, it's most likely because we don't have the love of Jesus abiding in our souls. In fact, we just have Jesus as an acquaintance, as a business partner, a surface level understanding and relationship with Him. We don't really love Him. But Jesus, the Son of God, He gave His life for you, my dear brothers and sisters, for you and for me. And every blessing that we receive that comes down to us on this earth is from Him. Even if you think you earned it and deserved it, it still came from Jesus Christ our Savior. He's the one that gave you the intellect to know what to do to earn that money. He's the one that gave you the strength to be able to carry things and do some hard labor to earn that money to support yourself. Everything we have and all that we are, we owe back to God. Do you remember that every good and perfect gift comes from Him. The safety from this pandemic is from Him alone. The breath in our bodies is His that He's given to us. The sustenance that He provides for each and every one of us each day, the sun that rises upon our bodies, that shines and touches our skin to give us good rest in the evenings. That's from God, friends. And today, He's just asking you, friends, will you give me a chance? I'm standing at the door of your heart, knocking. I just want a meal from you. Will you give me a chance to come in? This evening, friends, even as Jesus asked Peter, he's asking you and me, my dear friends, do you love me? Do you love me? Will you just come in and sup with me today? Just eat with me and get to know me and to spend some time with me. Taste and see that God is good. Oh, friends, it's been over a year, but Jesus is still waiting in this time of pandemic for some of us. We've lost that fire. We've lost that urgency. We've settled into this this, this rut and this, this habit of just being in a lockdown. It's become normal to us already but Jesus is still waiting friends he wants you to spend some time in his word he wants to speak his word into your heart he wants you to pray to him so he can he can spend a bit of time to you with you to communicate with you he just wants that relationship with you this evening friends and what a better time on the sabbath than to renew our relationship with him again to be able to re-look at our past week and and ask God to forgive us, to heal us, to, to, to cover us with His blood again and to renew our commitment to Him again. It's in this time that we can say, Lord, I'm willing to open that door. Please come in. Please, sup with me. On this weekend and on this Sabbath, strengthen me again and draw close to me. Oh, friends, I hope and pray that that is your desire, that you are willing to give God that chance again. Peter denied him with cursing and swearing and Jesus was willing to forgive. He was willing to restore him. He was willing to put him back into ministry and apostleship but he wanted to set him, his feet firmly on that which mattered most, love for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Friends, will you come back to him again this evening? and give your life and surrender to him him again. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I pray that you would please be with all my brothers and sisters here. Help us, O Lord, to surrender our lives again to you this day. Help us to give you our hearts. Lord, please quickly come in and take it before we change our minds. Help us, Lord, to make an effort to spend time in your word, and in prayer, to walk with you, to talk with you. Please, Lord, guide each of us. Bless us with your Holy Spirit and with your presence this evening. That truly, we might learn what it means to love you and be in a loving relationship with you this day. Thank you, O Lord. And we just ask that you would please bless us once more, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen.